0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins. Period. Hello, hello. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good 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 morning. All right. Hey, you know what? He is risen. Yes. And that's a, that's a big deal for us. That is a big deal for us. And we're going to uh, invite our ushers to come forward to give an offering here. If, if you're a guest, thank you so much for coming today. If somebody invited you, uh, if this is your first time here, uh, our, our mission here at Vineyard Westside is to bring the incredible life of Jesus to the lost and the broken. Yes. To bring that incredible life of Jesus to the lost and the broken. I was lost and broken. I had the double wombo combo. And, uh, and man, he found me. He found me. And I can only pray that for, for all of you. If you want to support the work that we're doing, support the work that God is up to through this place, uh, we, we, would, we, would love, we would love for you to be a partner. So we're going to pass these along and uh, just pray. God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for Easter Sunday, that, that Good Friday was a terrible, sorrowful day, but we call it good because we knew Sunday is coming. God, thank you for the work that you did on the cross. Thank you that we get to be whole and new and changed and that we get to be risen. We give you this offering and just pray that you would drag more people, pull more people, push more people into your kingdom. God, that you would rescue them from hell. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, if, uh, when you came in, if you didn't see it in the lobby, we have a, a, a photo background set up for Easter. If you'd like to take a picture with your family or friends or anything, uh, you can just use your phone over there and we have it set up nice to where it will look pro. So grab a picture on your way out uh, if that would be interesting to you. Today, um, I'm gonna need kind of some audience participation, okay? Up in the balcony, you guys going to help me too? Audience participation, all right? I need to ask a, a pretty serious question. How good a person are you? How good a person are you from 1 to a 100? I'm looking for a number. From 1 to... A, man, she just fired 73. <laughs> from 1 to a 100, how good a person are you? Like... And so one being, you know, the worst. So anybody kind of in that, you know, one to two range, that, that's like, you know, serial killers, Charles Manson, like um, people that park in two spaces so their car doesn't get hit at, at the store. Like, and those people who are up in the 90s, if you're one of the people in the 90s, these are, I mean, this is... Think about it. If you're putting yourself in that place, this is like Mr. Rogers' territory. This is this is Bob Ross. This is Mother Teresa. This is Billy Graham. This is uh, like guys that you see those videos where somebody rescues a baby deer from a fence. Like that's upper 90s. Now, do you have a number in your head? My number in my head, um, my number in my head, is 71. For me. How about you people who put yourself in the 1 through 30 range? Anybody 1 through 30 that admits that? 1 through 30? Ushers, can you come and get them? Get them out of here? Um, those, are, those are dangerous people. What about 30 to 50? 30 to 50? Oh, we got some 30 to 50s. Maybe You're on the lower half, but guess what? You're the ones who made us in the top half possible. So, thanks. What about 50 to 80? 50 to 80, somewhere in that range. And so, if you're in the 50 to 80 range, um, if somebody raised their hand for that, if you're their neighbor, turn to them and say, You're a good person. You're a good person. 80, 80 and above, you are the cream of the crop. 80 and above, you are the cream of the crop. You are. Uh, you know, for, for some of us, you kind of make us sick a little bit um, because it, just of everything you have going on. But if you're 80 and above, then congratulations for for just being in that spot. Um, some of us will hear a number next to us, and right away we go, wait a second. And you kind of, what I always end up doing is just comparing myself with other people. I try to build my number based off of what I've done or what I haven't done compared to other people. Well, I've never put a lampshade on my head when I was drinking. Well, I've never, I've never gotten arrested and held. And we do these things to kind of make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Um, and sometimes you end up feeling worse about yourself if you're sitting next to that someone better. Some of us think, well, I'm a, I'm a good person. You know, I give occasionally... To different things. I I go to church, I help wherever I can. I've never killed anybody. I don't cheat on my taxes. I park in one space. But then those people come along in our life that just kind of make us feel inadequate, right? Certain people, they just, they come along and you're like, well, whatever. What makes him think he can wear a white jacket? (laughs) Guys, I'm telling you, this is taking some bravery for me to do this today because I'm, I'm a 71 it's feeling a little higher than that the people that come along that make you feel inadequate in some way maybe it's the super mom now that we have Instagram I mean Instagram especially that is the show-off central check me out the highlight reel of everything just filters to the max oh my god they're so beautiful no they can find good filters (laughs) but you end up comparing yourself that that's the super mom she's got the perfect house how come her kids always behave how come I went over there and you know our house is like a bomb went off in it a lot of times and we're like if somebody stops over it's that mad dash of like oh let's pick this stuff up You like stop over at somebody else's house and it's just, it's immaculate. (laughs) Would you like some coffee? A latte? (laughs) Maybe, maybe you have somebody in your life that that's just like the good money decision guy, that everything he does works out. He keeps hitting it big every time. Whatever he invests in, whatever strange thing he seems to do, just money seems to fall into his lap all the time. And you're like, what the, what am I doing wrong? Or maybe it's the mega Christian that you've been going to church and you're like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to hear from God, feel God, experience something, make a connection. And you know, somebody who is just all the time, God directing their every move. They're a spiritual superstar. God is doing this in my life and I'm just so blessed and this and this. Well, the question for you today is on a scale of 1 to 100, how good a person are you? Where do you rank yourself? Some of you have been changing your number already, haven't you? In Luke chapter 23, we're going to take a look at a couple people who really, really, really were not so good. Their number was very, very low. These two men were hanging next to Jesus on their own crosses. As he was giving up his life for us, Luke twenty-three. It says in this, if you are following in a Bible or um, you know we're in it's twenty twenty-three. Uh, smartphones, you can go on U version. Uh, you can go on our app that we have for the church, church center. Search for Vineyard West Side. It has a Bible in it. You can go through that way. Luke twenty-three it says this: two other men, both criminals were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Who were these criminals that were, that were hanging next to Jesus? They, really, all we know is that they were very, very bad men. They were not just kind of not good people. They they were the lowest of the low in society. Crucifixion, for these guys to be crucified next to Jesus, crucifixion was one of many ways at that time to execute people. It was pretty much the most uncommon way, though. Most people were, you know, if they were sentenced to death, it it was through some other method. But crucifixion was... Set apart for those who were the worst of the worst. Crucifixion was the most expensive way to kill someone. By far. To put together a cross. To gather together a group of people. Soldiers who were able to carry the materials that were necessary to oversee the process. These soldiers are paid. This is an expensive, expensive way to kill somebody. Really, it was reserved to publicly humiliate someone. Yes. And it was meant to bring excruciating pain. Excruciating is the word that we use for the most severe pain that we know of. That word excruciating literally means out of the cross. The word that we use today, excruciating, ex crucifixiating. It means out of the cross, the worst type of pain that there is. It was expensive to execute somebody this way. It took four to six Roman soldiers, and it took a centurion. A centurion oversaw 80 soldiers. A lot of times it would take two to four days for the person to die. And so you're paying these soldiers that entire time. The sun is beating down. Those who were hung on the cross are going mad. What it describes is that animals would begin to eat their flesh. Sometimes they would die from the shock and the blood loss of having their their wrists and feet punctured. This was used to humiliate and torture the worst of the worst people. It was super rare for a Roman to ever crucify another Roman. Typically Romans uh, would crucify people for... A, their, their crime, or B, the type of person that they were. For Jesus to be crucified, it was a super bold statement, because basically they were saying, Jesus, you're being crucified for this crime. You are calling yourself the King of the Jews, the Son of God. But really, in our eyes, you're just a slave. You're nothing more than a slave, and it's blasphemy who you're saying you are further in luke 23 it says one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him at jesus he's hanging next to jesus and he's he's talking crap he's hanging next to jesus and he's insulting him he's saying wait a second aren't you the messiah aren't you the son of god well why don't you save yourself and us If you're the son of God, why don't you just hop off of there and get me too. Verse 40, it says, but the other criminal rebuked him. He said, don't you fear God? Since you're under the same sentence, we are being punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. Whatever their deeds were, they deserved dying on a cross. He said, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. This to me is the best illustration of the gospel ever because it is one of the most common misunderstandings that we want to believe. We want to believe that good people go to heaven, right? We want to believe that good people go to heaven. We want to believe that nice guys go to heaven. We want to believe that nice girls go to heaven. But they don't. Good people don't go to heaven. Nice people don't go to heaven. That's not who gets in. A lot of us are stuck on that, that... We believe that good people go to heaven, we're just not sure how good, right? How good do you have to be? Is it, do you just have to be a 50 and above to get in? Is it that maybe the last 10 years have been, you know, better than the the previous 10 years that maybe you've balanced out the scale? enough good to, to make it right? Is it that? And so we get stuck in that place of saying, well, I hope, I mean, I hope I'm good enough. Maybe if I try hard enough, maybe if I if I go to church, maybe if I try to pray, maybe if I try to read the Bible, maybe if I uh, maybe if I serve somewhere, maybe if I volunteer, maybe if you know what, I'm not as bad as other people. The thing about that is none of it, none of it actually matters. Good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven, forgiven ones do. There's a big, big, big difference. Um, those of us who um, walk into heaven someday are going to be way surprised at some of the people we see there. You're here. Uh. Any of you familiar with uh, David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, serial killer? You know that he has a a prison ministry now. He gave his life to Jesus. He's led thousands of people to Christ. David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, is going to be walking with us in heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven ones do. Scripture says that God alone is good and that all of us fall short of how good he is, how high his standards are how perfect he is and so if we're not to that level of perfection we fall short of what he requires the good news is good people don't go to heaven forgiven ones do I want to take a look at these criminals who are hanging on crosses next to Jesus one of them is known as the forgiven criminal criminal A couple of things that kind of apply to us now, kind of the same way that they applied to him. This criminal is different than the other because he admits his wrongdoing. He admits that he's bad. He admits that he's not good enough to get into heaven. He says, Hey, Jesus, I've sinned. I have done something wrong. I deserve this punishment. Verse 41, he says, we're being punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, he's he's done nothing wrong. When we compare ourselves to other people, it's really easy for us to rank ourselves higher. We can say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm a better person than most people are. How the heck are we all a better person than most people are? Statistically, it doesn't work. (laughs) Mathematically, it doesn't work. But when we compare ourselves with Christ, none of us are a 100. I'm going to share with you a story about our human condition. This is a story about our human condition. The human condition being that every one of us, you know, a a lot of us believe that children are, um, you know, they're, well, he's so innocent. He's so, no, no. When I was a kid, I had a little, a little dark, evil heart. As most children do, if we're honest. It's not their fault, it's the human condition. It's the way we've been made. It's who we are, because in Genesis chapter 3, like some things happened in the garden, and choices were made, and apples were eaten, and yada, 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 we can't get into all that. But here's a story of the human condition. Um, I didn't have a a lot growing up whatsoever. We were, a lot of people say that they were poor. We were poor, we were actually poor. We lived in a a trailer that was $200 a month. Um, The electricity would not stay on in that. We were poor. We wave popsicles around for air conditioning. You guys ever do that? Whew! Put it in front of the fan. That's poor. But my dad would do certain things where he would, he would, he would acquire certain things that made us look not poor. Any of you in that, in that place where you have certain stuff? Like, people are like, what? You got fancy stuff. You're like, Goodwill, St. Vincent de Paul, Clearance. Well, my dad bought a car it was a Datsun 260Z and this thing was a real beater I would say it was a Monet because from far away sweet yeah this is the car put it back up his gorgeous. Woo. the Datsun 260Z but if you got close to it she was ugly a big hole rotted out in it all, all sorts of different things but my dad loved this car and he worked on it and it, it was it was his prized possession but one time we were going for a, a ride because when you're poor that's what you do you go for a ride you want to go for a ride <laughs> I guess we'll go for a ride where are we going just somewhere and then back and we're driving in the car and uh, a thing happened that happens to all of us it's a human condition I had a booger I was about maybe nine or ten. And I had a booger. And I picked it to the side so my dad didn't see. And, you know, the plan... So what happened is I thought it was just a normal one. I thought it was just an everyday booger. But as I reached for it, you know, the plan was just to, to have the, it was just, the, the window was down just to roll in the flick, right? <laughs> Nobody has to know, right? But I got more than I bargained for. And as I pulled it out, maybe this has happened to you before, it looked like a comet. It just kept going and it came from, and it came from deep within and it didn't stop for a long time. And it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a problem. And I had this thing hanging off of me six, seven inches. I don't don't know. And I didn't know what to do with it. And it wasn't a flickable thing. And so I just, I had to, I had to swirl it. And then I didn't know what to do. This thing wasn't going to. And so I leaned down and I wiped it under the seat of my dad's Datsun 260Z. And I came up, I looked over, and my dad was staring at me. And he was shaking his head and he said, You are not a good person. <laughs> You're not a good person. And I wasn't. This is the human condition, and yet we have people in this room, people everywhere walking around believing that, well, I'm a pretty good person. I'm not a bad person. All of you have wiped a booger. I know a lot of you hate this story. I like to tell this. All I can say is that I got poop stories. I'm sparing you. I'm not a bad person. I mean, I'm better than most people. I hope I'm good enough. I think I'm good enough to get into heaven. I want to prove to you today that you just aren't. You're not. Welcome to Vineyard West Side. Thanks for coming. You're, you're not a good person. How many of you ever told a lie? Raise your hands up. Anybody told a lie ever before? Liar, liar, pants on fire. How many of you ever stolen something? Yeah, I've lied about all kinds of stuff. I've stolen all kinds of things. How about if if you don't tithe? If you don't give money at church, the Bible says that you're actually stealing from God every week. Oh, God. Guess that's something you're gonna have to work out. If you've ever stolen something, what does that make you? A thief. I'm a thief and a liar. How many of you ever had a lustful thought before? You don't have to raise your hands. Maybe just raise your eyebrows. On that one. Oh, crazy brows. Look, there. That guy was like. Jesus said, if you look lustfully upon a woman, you have committed adultery in your heart. How many of you have ever put something ahead of God in some way? It says that you're an idolater. We've all done these things, and most people have. And so most of us are lying, thieving, adulterous idolaters. Again, thanks for being here today. But you're not a good person when you compare yourself to God's standards. James chapter 2, it says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. There's no such thing as a white lie. If you've done one thing wrong in God's eyes, then you are guilty, and unfortunately, you're punishable. And your sin ends up separating you from God. And it's as if you committed every single sin in the book. When he looks at you, he just sees sinner. And that is a hard, hard, hard thing to to hear. But it's also a thing that God wasn't going to let happen. That he wasn't okay with. God loves you enough to accept you just the way that you are he loves you so much though he won't leave you there so wherever you are he, he loves you but he's going to keep working he's not going to let you sit in that place and stay there he loves you too much for that and so it doesn't matter what your number is if you're a 12 if you're a 48 if you're a 72 or if you're a 99 we've all fallen if you're a 99 you've fallen short of the glory of God So we see this forgiven criminal who is hung next to Jesus on a cross, who admits his wrongdoing, who confesses his sin. The second thing that he does that we need to do is he asks for eternal help. He asks for eternal help. Both both of these criminals ask for help. One, like a lot a lot of us do he, he asks for worldly help Jesus if you're the Christ if you're really the son of God then why don't you save yourself and while you're at it pick me up on the way in other words God if you're, if you're there God if you're there if you're real make my life better like and for some of us it's heal, heal my grandma of cancer well give me that promotion that I want God, help me get that date with her. Help me buy that house that I want. Help me to get the raise at work. Just just worldly help kind of stuff. Not eternal help. One asks for worldly help and the other criminal asks for eternal help. He's not asking for freedom from that cross he's hanging on. He's asking for eternal help. He says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise, Jesus says to him. So both of these criminals are guilty. Both of them are suffering. Both of them are dying. Both of them are in need of a savior. Both of them heard and saw the same things during those hours on that cross. Yet one of them was forgiven and one of them wasn't. In reality, every one of us is is one of those two criminals. We're on one cross or the other, and it is amazing to me always that we're sitting side by side. And I've been sitting in those seats before. It was many years ago. I'm sitting there, and I was refusing the message of Jesus for so long. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. It's. Uh, I don't know. I don't believe all that. And. Yeah. And so some of you are sitting there side by side, and one of you will have your eyes opened spiritually, and you're going to call on Christ, and you're going to be forgiven for everything you've ever done. You'll be completely transformed. You're going to be a brand new person spiritually. You're going to be whole and healed. Like when God looks at you from now on, he's not going to see sinner. He's going to see his son, Jesus, who is perfect. You're going to be whole and healed and good, restored, reconciled. And sitting right by you is going to be somebody else, maybe somebody in your family, maybe one of your friends who hears the exact same things as you and they've got the same need that you have, but they'll say, check, I went to Easter service, service done, and nothing is going to happen in your life. Nothing. both of us with the same need and the same opportunity, but only one of them is transformed and then one of them leaves exactly the same. You are one of those two criminals. The beautiful, beautiful thing to me is that Jesus fills in the number. Jesus fills in the number and it doesn't matter what number you are on that scale. One to a hundred. If you're an 88, Jesus is the missing 12. If you're a 49, he's the other 51. You can be a zero and Jesus can cover the whole thing. And he brings us to a hundred. He brings us to perfection. And then you are declared righteous because of the work that he did for you on the cross. Romans 3, it says, therefore, no one will be declared righteous or a good person. In his sight, by observing the law, by following the rules, by being a good boy or a good girl. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. The good person status or that righteousness, it comes from faith and not works, not things that you do, not ways that you try to be a good boy or good girl. There's a criminal that's next to Jesus and he had his hands and feet nailed to a cross too. He couldn't turn over a new leaf because he couldn't get down. Right? He couldn't get down and say, it's a fresh start. I'm going to start being good. He was stuck. He couldn't say, well, from now on, or I'll always, or I'll never do that again. Couldn't do anything but trust in the grace of Jesus and not any works that he could do. He couldn't get Jesus a drink. Couldn't become a good person and thank God that he didn't need to. The work that Jesus did on the cross was enough for him. Jesus filled in the numbers for him. He gave his life and he said, Father, into your hands I, command my, I commend my spirit. And then Jesus died on that cross. He was in agony for six hours. They say that the cross is the place where the wrath of God... So that judgment, that punishment for sin for all of ours, the wrath of God came in contact with the mercy of God at that point. And at that point, Jesus said, why are you, why am I having to go through this? But he kept going through with it. He kept doing it because he, he knew the plan. And he knew it was the only thing that was going to ever save us from our sin. And so he died. He died. And then three days later, the stone was rolled away from his tomb. And when they went inside, the tomb was empty, just like he said it was going to be. Just like he said it was going to be. That's my favorite thing about Jesus is it just keeps coming up just like he said it was going to be. The things that he said were yes, 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 true, true, true. He doesn't let us down. He does what he says he's going to do. What he said he was going to do is he was going to die. And then three days later, he was going to come back to life. Because when Jesus is around, dead things don't stay dead. And now for centuries and centuries, people on this weekend, on Easter, we have gotten together and we've declared that he is risen. So that you can respond. He is risen indeed. Yes. And our sins are forgiven and we can be in Christ. And it, you're not a 22 anymore or you're not a 56 anymore. You're a hundred because he's risen. He has risen. That's why we're able to declare with confidence, boldly, First Peter, it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We don't know what it is that ended up changing that criminal's heart that was hanging next to Jesus even though he had spikes through his hands and his feet and he couldn't make up for, for the things that he had done. I don't know. Maybe it was something that he saw in Jesus. Maybe it was the stories that he heard and it, and it all came to be. Maybe you've heard stories about Jesus and they never, they never clicked for whatever reason. Maybe you've heard these stories. Maybe you've been to church services, but they never came to that place where you were hanging on the cross next to him. Maybe you never experienced the love that he felt for you. Maybe you never understood that he leaves the 99 behind to go and find the one. Maybe you never knew that as a father, when you're a son or daughter and you sin against him and you run away and you rebel and you steal his money and you go off in crazy living and you, you reject him in every way and you say, I hate him. And at any point, at any point when you turn back and you come back home and you're expecting him to just read you the riot act and punish you and be mad at you and hold a grudge against you, you find out that he's running towards you. He's running towards you and he's grabbing. He's grabbing a hold of you before you can say a thing. He says, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to anything. I've been waiting for you to get back. And he wants to celebrate. And he says, my missing son, my missing daughter, you're back home. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Romans 3, it says, we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. And that's no matter who we are. What was, what was your number? If it was a 63, he's got the other 37. If it was a 56, he's got the other 44. If you were a 19, he's got the other 81. He brings you to 100 no matter where you were. If you think I've done too much for him to forgive, I've gone too far. There's no way that I could, I could ever be in a good relationship. with There's no way I could really be forgiven. He fills in the rest of that number no matter what. He filled in mine. I gave my life to Jesus about, <laughs> about um, 20 years ago and my number was low it was really really low and uh, and I, I hated myself and I was trying to do everything to like make up for it and and Stealing and, and, and hurting people and just doing whatever I could do to try to make myself okay. And none of it would work. None of it would work. Eventually, I finally had to own up to it. I finally had to admit that there was this, this hound of heaven that was chasing after me and I couldn't get away from him. And it just kept weighing on me and I was feeling the whole, I didn't know that I was experiencing the Holy Spirit, that it was on me, that it was, that it was calling me to, to surrender. But I did, I I surrendered, I threw my hands up finally and I said, I deserve, I deserve death, but I've heard that you can give me life. And so I surrender my life over to you. And it hasn't been all good. It hasn't been some kind of perfect thing. It doesn't make everything sunshine. But it's given me a purpose and it's given me a security. It's given me a knowing that when the enemy comes along and tries to tell you that you're a dirtbag, that you're a 42, that you're a 17. That I'm given a reminder that Jesus has made me a 100. That in the eyes of God, when he looks at me, he sees Jesus' face. And that no matter if it wasn't anybody else, if it was just me, he would have died on that cross for me. And he he died on it for you. That we haven't ever looked into anybody's face. No one in this room. He died for you. You've never met a person he didn't die for. And so will you be the criminal who mocks him or who just refuses him, rejects him, ignores him, says I'm not sure, maybe later I'll think about it to him? Or are you going to be the other criminal who gives himself over to him? I want to pray and I want to invite any of you, I was in this position 20 years ago where I was given an opportunity to surrender my life over to Jesus. Come on, come on. Many of you are believers in this room already. You, you have given yourself to him. Yes, Lord. If you want to be a Christian, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I am telling you it's better. And I am telling you, it can unlock some incredible things for you. And I'm telling you that you've never experienced a love like this in an earthly place. And so if you'd like to pray along with me, I invite you to. We'll just close our eyes together. And we say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to surrender my life to you. I'm sorry for the, the things that I've done. I'm, I'm sorry for the ways that I've wronged other people, that I've wronged you, that I've wronged myself. And I just ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died on that cross for me, that I would be saved that the, the sin that I couldn't ever make up for, you made up for me. I was supposed to stand before the judge and I was supposed to be found guilty and I was supposed to be punished. And instead you showed up and gave mercy that I didn't deserve. You gave grace that I didn't, I didn't earn. And so I thank you, Jesus. Surrender my life to you. Yes. And I want to walk with you from now on. Yes. If any of you have prayed that prayer for the first, first time in your life, um, if everybody would just keep their eyes closed, if you're a person who's prayed that for the first time, if you want to just make eye contact with me, I'll just recognize that. Um, welcome, you're my brother in Christ. Now we're going to walk together forever. Yes. Welcome to the kingdom. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah. Can I ask for a favor, please? This is my first time here. Mm-hmm. Natalie needs a massive prayer. She's got spinal surgery tomorrow. Can you help her out? Absolutely, we will. We will. Yes. This is my first time here. I work for Westwood United Methodist Church. Well, thanks for coming. Can you talk to her and pray for her? Yes, we will. God bless you. You're my sister in Christ. Can you pray for me? Absolutely. God bless you. Welcome to the kingdom. God bless you, sir. God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you welcome to the kingdom God bless you you're a follower of Christ now God bless you sir my brother in Christ God bless you God bless you, sir. God bless you. I see you. God bless you, sister. God bless me. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. You're my sister in Christ now. I hope you like me. We're going to walk together forever. So, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those who have just joined us, those who became brothers and sisters, uh, those who have given their lives over to you. I just pray that you would bless them and you would give them uh, an increased portion of your love, of your attention, of your uh, just... That They'd experience you, that they wouldn't walk out of here and then uh, four hours later forget what happened today, that this would be the beginning of a new life. Thank you for filling in our numbers. Thank you you for making us 100. Thank you for dying on a cross for us, Jesus. Thank you for paying our penalty. We love you and we thank you because you loved us first. Yes. Pray these things in your name, Jesus, the name above all names. Yes. Amen. Hey, hey. And Lord, we just pray for, for our brothers and sisters in here for surgeries coming up God, that you would be guiding doctors' hands, that you would be, um, that when they get in there, that, that things would be gone that were problems that there would be healing and wholeness, that it would be a miraculous story. We just pray for complete safety, complete healing, and for your glory to be shown. We ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I hope that I get to see you again next week. We're here every Sunday. Happy Easter. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.